Good morning, diners and travelers. You're listening to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig. And uh, we're going to be bringing to you, I guess, um, other possibilities for outstanding recipes for soon-to-be holidays, starting with probably one of the most stunning cookbooks I've seen in a long time. Um, and as I said, I believe in the interview, I, I want to cook every single recipe starting at the beginning. It's Ben Tish is the author, and the book is Moorish. We're going to be talking to Ben Tish about his stunning new book, Moorish. And uh, Ben Tish, I have to tell you, I'm expecting a slew of nasty emails. So I'm going to say, right now, this is my favorite cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> now she's very, she's very flighty. She, 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 she goes, she goes from one, she goes from one blossom to another. So you, 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 you I'll bear that in mind. You, you, might, you, you might last a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's okay, going to well, take longer because I announced already that, uh, that that you and I, Peter dear, um, we're going to start at the beginning of the book and cook our way through it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, God, and that'll take a while. Yeah, that would that would take a while, but it's the way to do it. Definitely. The first thing I have to do is I'm, I'm out of preserved lemons. I've got to start preserving my lemons. You've got to start, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can start with that because there's a few recipes in there with that in. Or you just buy some good ones. I mean, you know, there's some amazing, amazing products around. So you can. Yeah, I do have some, that, but your own preserved are better. No, than I no, think. Let's connect some dots here because we're we're in Pittsburgh right now. Ben's Ben's yeah. in, Ben's in London. But, Correct. But but we're talking Middle Eastern cuisine. Yeah, we're, we're talking Mediterranean. Yes. With, with, Moorish with, with influences, Middle Eastern exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Moorish influence, Moorish influences on um, southern Spain, Portuguese, and uh, Sicily. Uh, co- correct, and southern yeah. Italy. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. yeah, and it's subtitled "Vibrant Recipes from the Mediterranean." And listeners, let me tell you, these are vibrant. <laughs> yeah, well, I was interested in so, reading yeah. this, uh, Ben, is how much you've adapted um, these recipes with your own style, because they seem very, very yeah. creative, even though they're obviously connections with traditions. Yes, uh, that's, that's very, you know, I, I, I'm glad you said that. It's very, that's very observant, because I, I think, you know, what I wanted to, when, when I got into the research of the book, um, and there's a lot of those recipes that I'd cooked in the past anyway. I've always had a love for Spanish and Italian food, whether it's been north or south or wherever. Um, but I have recent years focused more on the south. You know, that's, that's what fascinates me in the Moorish influence. But yeah, when creating the book, I went into looking at some of the old, the, 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 the traditional, authentic Moorish recipes and, and, and recipes influenced uh, by, by the Moors, but then wanted to put my own spin. And I also, some of the dishes are completely created uh, by me, but within that, within the parameters of, of what I see to be kind of the Moorish influence. So, so yeah, you're right. You know, that's, that's it. It's my, my interpretation on, on a lot of that, yeah. And you, you've introduced this to your favorite uh, spices, among them um, smoked paprika, pimenton. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Also... Um, the cumin, you like cumin a lot, and yeah, yeah, and uh, what else? 
And did you say? Yeah. Billy likes anchovies a lot too. Huh? He likes the anchovies. Uh, oh, I love I love anchovies. But and yeah, for me, for me, for me, the best combination is smoked paprika and cumin seeds in a marinade with um, with with vinegar. You know that that is for me is the my go to kind of marinade for meats and things. I think it's fantastic, and that's real Moorish. Um, that's a real Moorish one. Well, you know the. Even this section with breads got me. <laughs> you know the the uh, Sicilian brioche. Um, it's you know some I've had plenty of it, but somehow your your take on it's different. Yeah, I guess I've just kind of slightly added more probably a probably a chefy element to it. I guess you know. I mean, I think it is a very um, you know we we actually have that on at Norma as a dessert. The, the brioche we we bake our brioche. Uh, every every morning and with nice beautiful yellow eggs, and I think you know the ones I've had it. I've had it in Sicily where you know it's exciting, it's nice, but they always for me they always kind of miss a bit of um, uh, I don't know what is refinement. I guess I don't know, and the brioche sometimes a bit hard, and I don't know. So I wanted to kind of um, I don't know. I suppose just put a bit of a bit of my. I've been cooking for years, so add a little bit of expertise to to these classic dishes and make them a bit more lighter, a bit more refined. Well, thank um, and I hope that's I hope that's what I've, what I've, I've, tried, I've done there. So, but yeah, the, the, the brioche is amazing. That's uh, uh, well, that's our biggest seller on the dessert menu. Here. I, hope, I hope your menu extends to bringing that to the table in rolls because the the, the bread rolls that in Sicily and Italy generally that I hate are the ones that. Yes. Are, no, no, they're hard. They're like bricks. Yeah, and they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. painted with egg white to make them look good. And yeah, they, and they, they taste horrible. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Yeah, no, I, I hope they are a bit softer and a bit lighter and a bit nicer. So yeah, um, but yeah, I like, yeah. I mean, you know, Sicilian, you know, the, the, the Sicilian baking is quite inspirational. There's a lot of good stuff there, but a lot of it is very rustic. You know, it's, um, I think, it, 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 you know, Sicilian cuisine by the nature of it is, is, is a peasant cuisine, you know. So I think... Um, but, uh, but there's that it, whole it, tradition of the Mansu, you know. Yes, exactly, exactly that. And, you know, they are, they're fruit, you know, Sicilian as well by, by the nature is frugal, it's frugal, delicious, amazing cooking, but it's kind of frugal and... Um, you know, all about using up whatever's around. You know, around in 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 a in in, in harder times. And um, I don't know. So I think you know some of the traditional recipes that reflect that, and they, they could, it's easy to elevate them. I think. You know, the last time we were in Sicily, we we went to a restaurant called Duomo in yep. uh, in Ragusa. Yeah, and uh, that that cuisine was was oh, it was very that was very elevated. very very elevated, and, and they had two Michelin stars, and the the owner confided in us. He he said two Michelin stars in Sicily is like getting ten anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 that, that's right. I mean, the best the best restaurant I I went to in Sicily. Um, have you been you guys been to Taramina, presumably? Yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a restaurant there called. Um, Kishitoshi. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, no. no. Uh, but um, if you ever go back there, it's absolutely amazing. And it was uh, the chef there. I can't remember his name now, but he used to work in on the uh, on the mainland um, in Michelin star restaurants, and he used to hold a Michelin star. But then he went back to Sicily. He's opened this very spit and sawdust, uh, rustic place. But the food is very traditional, very authentic Sicilian recipes. That, and what uh, could you spell it? Uh, uh, 
the name? Yeah, so I can spell it. It's T-I-S-C-H-I. Tishki. And then Tishi, it's pronounced, and then Toshi, T-O-S-H-I. It's honestly, it's it's sensational. And it's not, it's not, you know, he... It's not Michelin. It's not kind of swirls and silly things on the plate. It's it's traditional dishes, but people queue to get in there, and it's um, a lot of a lot of uh, British chefs love that place. Um, uh, I remember Yote Motolenghi, who's uh, I don't know if you know that. I know, uh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's one of his favorite restaurants. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we're and, due uh, actually. We're due to go back to uh, Sicilia and also to uh, Sardinia. No, there's a there's they a, haven't been for a while. There's a there's a town on the south side of Sicily called Licata, and hmm. there's a really there's a really fine restaurant there and I can't remember the name of it but that's not the one with the dried potato sculptures is it no 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 <laughs> no, no, that, no, no that, that was that was in that was in Agrigento no, Agrigento they they yeah uh, one the uh, the best whatever their sculpture whatever it's the the was it for presentation I don't know what it was but they did an entire underwater scene and they right. won in, in, in Italy, I mean, uh, the whole of the country. Uh, and the whole thing was made out of dried potatoes. <laughs> wow. wow uh, that was, it was in the, uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember what it was. It was the, it was the Hotel Athene in Agrigento. Okay, but it was, yeah. it was huge. It was very elaborate. And, and, and incredible, incredible. I need to, I need to, yeah, wow. Yeah, on our website, stuff. if you ever go uh, on our website, uh, go in, under uh, OTM and Pictures. Or in photos. Oh, yeah, there's a picture of you there. And there's a picture of me with this, this chef's and the sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, I will go, and I, I'm going to go and I can have a look on that. So yeah. I want to see, I want to, I, I want to see what you guys look like as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah what's yeah. on there. But um, at yeah. any rate, as we go through this, um, this cookbook, uh, Peter was sitting right next to me, and I would turn a page. And I would say, I want this now. <laughs> good. Well, that's good to hear. That's what you want from a cookbook. I'm pleased, oh, I'm there, there was, to say that. There was one eggplant dish that I just freaked out over. It was so good. <laughs> is it good? Yeah. Was it the fried aubergine one? Yeah. Well, let's see. Not the crisp yeah. Not the crisp I mean, that is actually, that's one of my favorite. It's the simplest dish, the, the fried aubergines with, uh, I don't know if it is that one, with honey. And um, and time. It's just such a simple dish, but so yeah, you like thyme and honey a lot, don't you? Oh, I love thyme and honey. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, yeah, thyme, and especially thyme. Actually, I use thyme on lots of lots of things. Now, do you, do you like wine? I love wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like there's all a, alcohol. There, there's a guy you need to need to get to know in Sicily called Fre- Francesca Planeta. Oh yeah, he knows. Him. Oh Planeta! Oh yeah, no, we have. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's the Planeta Winery. Yeah, yeah, yes, we, yeah. Uh, it's amazing wines. Amazing. Well, wines. well he has. Um, he has a, a whatever you call it. I mean, you can go and stay, and and yes. have, and the chefs cook in an open kitchen, and the, everybody staying at the place couldn't. Uh, it's in, it's in the middle of one of his vineyards. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that. We I mean, sent some people there, and, and, and he he gave them special wide tours and all kinds of things. He's a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I I want to do that. We've got a couple of um, planetas on our, our wine menu here. Um, I, I yeah, it's, it's it's one of my favorite favorite wine labels. Certainly, it's fantastic. Um, 
Um, looking through here, I realized that there are a lot of things that we love in Spanish cuisine that we never bother making, like migas. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it really does wonders, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, migas is, is great. I mean, it's just, it's, well, yeah, essentially it's fried breadcrumbs, you know, cooked. I know, yeah, but I just never think of it. Do, does yeah, he, does yeah, he yeah, have yeah. A Does he have a recipe for patatas bravas? Yes, he does. Actually. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it, yeah, it's sort of elevated as well. I mean, it's not. It's not it's what elevated, we usually. Yeah, but yeah, it's again. It's all about having. It, it, you know, patatas bravas. Uh, there's different versions all over. Spe- all, 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 oh yeah, all that's over, true too. But but the south version does have the Moorish influence in it. The sauce which has cumin. Uh, it has cumin um, seeds seeds in there, kind of that underlying warmth of cumin in there, and that's my favourite kind of bravo sauce, so yeah, it's um, it, 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 that's, that's a good one. We, do, we just got a whole raft of spices from somebody, and one, one, one of them that's in there that I'm using a little bit, and just a little bit at a time, it's called Wild Mountain Cumin. Oh yeah, it's great. And it's got... It's Wild got, Mountain Cumin, interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very distinctive. It, it's, it's almost... Right, okay. It's almost as... How, how does it differ from from regular cumin? Um, it's it's cleaner, it's sharper, it's fresher. I mean, it, the company itself is very good, which is now actually oh, what it is. What is the company? And I don't remember. I don't remember it either, but it's fabulous. <laughs> I'll email I'll Google you. It. I'll Google. I'll, yeah, please. Email I'll, me I'll I'm going to write down. Except you have to after we finish the interview, you'll have to give me your email. Yeah, and, yeah, and no, I'll interview you the name of the company because they have uh, things like um, black lime also. Wow, interesting. Pa- powdered black lime. Yeah. Wow. So that, they yeah, travel and they get they have all these great sources. It's not your usual kind of spice company. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd be interested to, to know that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, and a couple of these, I had questions about. No, I mean, I've had plenty of crudo and I absolutely adore these. Red prawns from Spain. Yes, but um, I've I've never seen them with the the shell on in Dan Crudo style. Yeah, well, so what? So yeah, I mean, I think the recipe in there. I'm just trying to. I've got the book in front of me, but we have them on. Um, we have them on here at Norma, um, and what we do is we serve them. Uh, we serve the head the head on. Yeah, uh, and the and the tail peeled. So what people are doing is so we. We we put the uh, the dressing over the um, over the tails just to lightly lightly cook them if you like as a citrus with salt and the people eat them and then they'll take the heads and they suck the head they oh, yeah, suck yeah. The, uh, the, the, the the basically what's in the head out as you as you would yeah, in, so uh, your photograph has the whole thing unpeeled so I wonder uh, how the uh, the the lemon and so forth would cook it. Right, so no, so no, so exactly. Well, I don't know if they is that the yeah. I don't know if that is the the shell. But anyway, at the restaurant and how you would eat them, they're peeled. If you see, um, yeah, I leave the prawns carefully peel off the shells and discard. You would you would serve them. They, they would definitely be shell off. You wouldn't eat the shell, but you okay. Well, I just didn't head. know. Okay, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a that's a. These, gam- these Gamboroso are, are absolutely fantastic. I love them. Yeah. Absolutely. The, 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 the master that is Kiki de Costas. Yeah. Yeah. Do you start to say the most famous? Well, the most famous exponent of them is probably... Kiki de Costa in Denia, which is, where, Denia, which yeah. is where, where, they're, where they're famous for. The funny part about it is when, when we went there, 
we were staying in Valencia and and uh, we had a car service that drove us to Denia to, to have lunch at Kike de Costa uh, <laughs> and, and the driver got to eat the same meal we did. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it fucking had. It's a hell of a deal. I don't, I don't think he charged quite as much because he had a good lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other thing is, that, I mean, you, you come up with things like um, lemon tree leaves and salted grapes. And I mean, did you just think this stuff up or what? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, 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 I kind of read, yes, I guess so. I mean, I travel quite a bit. I read quite a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm really interested in the Mediterranean and, I don't know, and experimenting. And Yeah, I guess I did, I did, I did just pick it up. And, you know, and I, I, I trial and error with things. And, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's all about trying things out, isn't it? And, you know, some of the stuff doesn't work. But, mm-hmm. um I just love all the Mediterranean, you know, ingredients. And for me, it's, I don't know, I, 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 I'm big on experimenting. So, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try all these different things and salted grapes. And often, this may sound a bit weird, but I like, also I like how the things, some things sound when you're describing them in a book or on a, you know, on a menu. So if something sounds good, I might even come up with that first. So like, really? salted, salted grape, and then, try, and then try it after I've, I've written oh, how it. Oh, funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, there's a, there's an element of that certainly. Here's here's uh, the recipe that I said I could not live without a minute longer. Is your stuffed eggplant with almonds, parsley, and preserved lemons? Ah, yes, that's a good. That is a good one as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good. You make uh, it's got fenugreek in it. It's that one, I think. That's one of Peter's fenugreek. favorites. Is fenugreek. Yeah, a little bit of fenugreek in it, and you bake them all. They're really good cooked on a barbecue. That's how I would, I think, I'd normally do them, is you, you wrap them in foil and leave them at the side of the barbecue, kind of around the embers, and then uh, until until they've softened. And, that, that, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great dish. I like that one. Now, you like cooking over an open fire. Um, yeah. Did I read it correctly? You were actually crediting the Moors for introducing uh, open fire cooking to Spain. Well, yeah, no, and that and that is true. But it's it's a control. You know, open fire cooking has been around for um, a long time. Of years. Yeah. But, since man, but, but, since it, man but, invented but fire, more, I guess, right? Well, quite, but but in, in a more controlled way. So I think you know, in things like grilling meat and kebabs and, you know, and a, a more of a controlled way of cooking. It was, you know, it was, it, it was honed by uh, the Arabs, you know, and, and it, 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 that, that's how it's honed. And this kind of cook, controlled cooking, rather than just chucking a lump of meat on, a, on the fire, mm-hmm. um, was, 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 was brought over, certainly, um, to Andalusia, uh, and, and Port, I think Portugal to begin with, by the Moors, and this is where this kind of controlled, almost cooking over a grill, or having a yeah a controlled environment for cooking. This is this is where that came. This is where that influence came into into Europe. Well, the, and what, and what, also the smoky well, hold on, what, flavors. What's, they have a name. Yeah, this, they have a name. They have a name. They have a name for the grills, don't they? It starts the with a C. The Spanish. What the the Spanish? Yeah, it's um, they do have a name for the grills. Paria. Uh, is it Perea? No. Uh, no, you're talking about it's one, it's uh, Polanco. It's one, one that starts with a C, but it's, no, it's not important. No, Planches are flat. Planches are flat. Um, yeah, flat plate. Flat. What well. is the name for, the, for a Spanish grill? I should know that. Uh, Asador. Asador? 
Well, that might be one. Acidora, but, okay. There's, that there's would a, work. There's another one, too. Yeah, let's say Acidora. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. I'm, but yeah, but the, the, you know, the, the Spanish, um, yeah, I mean, in the Basque country in Spain, um, grilling is, is, is huge. I don't oh, know, yes, have, you, yes. have you guys ever been to the Basque oh, country? Many, many, many times. Yeah, many yeah. times. So and there's that restaurant? whole wonderful restaurant. I can't remember. Yeah. It. So do you know there's a restaurant? So it, it is Asador. There's a, there's it's a, Asador. a restaurant called Asador Echibari. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and that, and that is where this guy, uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the best meals I've ever had is Asador Echibari, uh, well, where he cooks everything over grill. Yeah. I mean, I, this whole San Sebastian thing is like, uh, you can't go wrong. And, we actually miss that. We usually cover gastronomica, and that just finished up in, in San Sebastian. It's absolutely marvelous. And they, they yeah, honored yeah, uh, Carmen Ruscalleta this year, too. She's fabulous. South yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, San Sebastian have some amazing, amazing holidays there. Uh, no, you, you like the, um, uh, the uh, sweet sour um, yes. flavor. Now, I mean, did I understand... Because, I mean, I know it from Sicilian food, but mm. did you imply that it actually was introduced by the Boers? I think the, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I, no, I did imply that. I think um, those flavors of adding kind of, I mean, on, on a, on a, in, a, in, an old, in the old style, it would have been a case of citrus and sweet fruits, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Lemon, lemon juice and orange juice. You know, this is kind of before uh, before the vi- before vinegar. You know, mm-hmm. le- lemon juice and orange juice, and then uh, the sweetness would have come from fruits or from um, or from sugar cane, and that would be and, and, and sugar and, and citrus would have been used as a a, a, pres- a preserve yeah, as well. You know, so uh, well, sorry, a sweet the sweet and the citrus would have been used as a preserve. Um, so with that, you would have got the sweet and sour flavour. So, so for example, caponata. Um, the origins of caponata would have been to keep to make this vegetable stew, but to, uh, with the citrus in there and the sugar in there, it would preserve it. Yeah, it would be a long. It. it would, yeah, it's exactly that before fridges and re- re- refrigerators and all that kind of thing. So this is where certainly this is where the and this all stems from. This was all kind of conjured up. Um, by Arabic chefs who were incredibly advanced for the time in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they brought an uh, amazing kind of array of uh, culinary skills and, uh, you know, along and they, these kind of things with sweet and sound preserved. And yeah, this, this, this was uh, a Moorish influence, certainly. Yeah, I like your Christians and Moors. <laughs> yeah, Christians and Moors. Yeah, I know, yeah. That was a bit of a, That's octopus, smoked paprika <laughs> with black beans and rice. <laughs> yeah, that means, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, well, don't don't you don't you remember? I really enjoyed put, doing the doing the research on this because um, it's a big subject. I've only touched the sides, to be fair, with this book. Um, I think there's another. I think I think there's more. There's, there's a much more to it. My my next book I want to write will be will focus on Sicily, um, and and it will be uh, and it will it, part of it will be more about the Moorish influence in Sicily. Oh yeah, uh, on the west. On the west coast, but I'll, I'll yeah. Let I'll, us I'll know when you're going to do that. We'll meet you in Palermo. We'll meet him absolutely. In. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to my publisher at the minute, so I'm just trying to get them to, to <laughs> let me sign on the dotted line. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's going to happen. But I will be spending time in Sicily, definitely looking at that. 
Well, hopefully we will see you in London before we'll see you in Sicily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, so how often do you get to London? Well, we used to be there. Well, Peter's family is um, half of them are in Yorkshire, the other half in, in Yorkshire. In, yeah, wow. and half of them is in Cornwall. Wow. And, and, nice. and then we, we have some nephews in uh, Oxford as well. But, um, right, so kind of all, you, you're covering the whole country there, basically. Yeah, but I, mean, I like, we, we, we did spend time, um, not this summer, but the summer before we took our, uh, our daughter-in-law and son, um, who's practically grown up in England, and our grandkids to meet all of their English relatives. And, um, mm. so, and, and so we spent time in London, too. But we we used to go to London one, one, once once a year in the spring, and so, so, somehow that tradition got away from us. But we'll have to, we'll we'll bring it back, especially if we can have some Sicilian food. At, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you'll be, you're always welcome at Norma. You will be welcome at Norma. That's for sure. Well, we, we wish you much success. Oh, I love this book, as you can tell, Ben Tish. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I can tell. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, again, listeners, it's Ben Tish, and the book is Moorish, and it's a, it's a Bloomsbury book, which means it's really beautifully produced, wonderful photographs, um, and it's thoroughly researched, and yet at the same time, it's, it's creative and uh, indiv- individually, um, I don't know, and individually reformulated from tradition by the author, Ben Tish, who's a chef. And I, and I think the Spanish... Grill. It's called a Corasco, or something Carrasco, like that. Corasco, Yeah, that's that's yes. Okay. That's, yeah. All right. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, be be well. And we'll hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Ben, hang on because I need to uh, get your email, email. address. We're, we won't yeah. record that. Peter, stop the recording. Listeners, I, I hope I hope you notice that Ben Ben Tish and Peter Haig have something in common. <laughs> Although Peter doesn't cook nearly as well, but both uh, both of us spent some of our life in London, and Ben's still there. Anyway, more excitement after the break, so just stay with us, and we'll be right back. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Welcome back, and sweetheart, what's up next? Uh, well, we've interviewed Ching He Wang before. She's dynamite. Um, uh, she is a, a, a TV personality in, um, in cooking shows in England and also an Emmy winner. And she's actually in, uh, designed this Lotus Walk, which uh, she'll explain to us. And you, you may want to snap one of those up for, for that special friend who cooks <laughs> for a holiday present. Here she is, and her book is called Walk On, which is clever. So you can put that on the outside of your gift package. Uh, we've interviewed Ching Hei Huang before, 
Um, and it, it was mainly, it was a book called Stir Crazy, which I adored. Um, but this one's broader. Um, it's called Walk On. And you know what that means. <laughs> but, but she, she subtitles it deliciously balanced Asian meals in 30 minutes or less. Um, but basically I think what I take away from this book is how nutritionally balanced it is, how she utilizes influences from all over, not just a, a, a small piece of, of, um, China or Taiwan. Um, and she she has a whole bunch of vegetarian and vegan recipes. I'm sure part of that is because your husband's vegan, right? Yes, that's right. Hi, Anne. <laughs> now, Hi. Now, we're, 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 you're hard to keep track of. <laughs> did, anybody, did anybody ever tell you that? <laughs> oh, really? You, you you spend your time between three different countries, and then you just you just moved into what you call the sticks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, something like that. Um, I think you need to explain that. I think you need to explain that a little bit. No, so I was um well, I was born in Taiwan, and then I moved to South Africa. My family emigrated there when I was five, uh, and then when I was eleven. My family emigrated to London, uh, and so we've been here for a while. Uh, but over the course of the last um, decade, I've been to the States, and I've been working there, and my husband and I, we lived out in L.A. for a year. And now we've moved back to London, and since moving back, we've now moved to Surrey, which is sort of southwest of London. Sure, and sure. Further out, and it's, yeah, it's a bit in the sticks. It's more rural, that's for sure. It certainly is. It's prettier. They have a, it's they have a pretty. Yeah. Tra- traditionally, they had a very good cricket team. Oh, oh really? Yeah, oh, they, I didn't know that. They, 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 were ri- they were rivals of Yorkshire, which is where I was born and raised. But it was oh, really? it was always the county championship in cricket was all was mo- mostly between Surrey and Yorkshire. <laughs> How fun! Yeah, now, you do television, you write books, um, what else do you do? You invent, or you design, walks, 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 which is the correct walk? So, um, so yeah, well, in Surrey, I mean, we've got beautiful gardens, so we do grow some vegetables, and then apart from that, I write my book, and I've also designed a walk, and it's called the Lotus Walk, and um, it's a really special walk, because... it doesn't stick. It doesn't rust. You can use it on 400 degrees heat. Uh, not that anyone needs to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, you can use metal utensils. It's scratch resistant. It's pretty special. But um, we've unfortunately sold out. Recently, That's not Amazon. unfortunate. You just <laughs> sell more. It sounds very. It sounds very similar. It sounds very. Sounds very similar to a to a line we just got. Oh, it is. She has. Um, it's the coating is a silicone, right? This is a nano silica coating, which means it's sandblasted. It's like micro wonderful crystals. Yeah, and then that's what gives you that kind of non-stick quality. I don't like to say non-stick because 
non-stick means it's you know got this horrible coating and sometimes the coating comes off it's nothing like that it's just basically um you know very slidey you know for the food so yeah. it's, it's wonderful surface to cook on and uh yeah, it's, it's got a small base and it's got deep sides, which is the proper shape of a wok. You know, you don't want a flat base and then no. shallow sides because that's just a saucepan, you know, masquerading as a wok. So, so yeah, it's um, it took some work to, to get it to where yeah, I wanted well, to the, the, the cast iron ones perform very well, but it, they're very heavy. They're, they're also they are heavy. Yes, they're also they kind are. of hard to. They, they can be hard to clean too. Yes, yes, that's right. And um, but you know, cast iron or non-stick. You know, to be honest, whatever wok you have, it's just such a pleasure cooking in one. And you know, it just makes food and stir fries and you know, everything so delicious that you know I just can't live without one. I, you know, I have about four woks. In fact, uh-huh. just before talking to you, I had my dinner, and I had four woks on the go uh-huh. <laughs> on my hob. No, you, you <laughs> say that, that that people have been cooking on woks for over two thousand years. I mean, do you know anything about the origin of it? How did we get one of these things shaped like that? Well, I mean, they. I think tradition has it that it actually travelled across from India. Um, that. Wok because in in, a, in India they have a wok also called karahi. Is it? No, I can't. I don't think I'm saying it very well. Um, but it's kind of a similar shape, but with two small handles, and it was traditionally made from cast iron. So, you know, historians think that that's where it came from, and, and then long travelled along the Silk Road, um, and then obviously the Chinese decided to make it into a much bigger. Um, uh, you know, pan than it was because I think in India the the karahis are much smaller in surface, and whereas you know, for example, my grandmother uh, on her farm she had a huge wok. You know, I'm talking like you know half a meter in width. Oh, you know, very very big, and it's, it's uh, the reason is because and it had a small kind of shallow, very small base that would fit. Um, quite snug um, uh, across, you know, a wood-fired stove. And the only reason why it was so big is really because of the sheer number of people you had to cook for in a family. So, uh-huh. you know, traditionally, it's, it's not, um, well, it's the norm to have 10 or 11 members of your family that you have to cook for, all living together. So, um, I mean, in, in, you know, my grandparents... Uh, on their farm, they shared it with eleven of my great um, great aunts and great uncles. So really, there was about twenty three families living in this one plot of land. Oh wow! Yeah, so you know, every breakfast, lunch, and dinner was a huge feast. Yeah, you need um, a big, you need was, a big walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you walk. need a big walk. <laughs> big, big family, big walk. Um, now, absolutely. The, the, uh, I always think of, of Asian food as being healthy, um, with mm-hmm. limitations. I mean, India happens to be the um, uh, 
what what is the diabetes capital of the world, so we don't mm-hmm. talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, there, you are, by nature, uh, Chinese food is heavy on veggies, right? Mm-hmm. Traditionally, yes. I mean, you know, traditionally, the Chinese diet was 80% vegetables and grains and whole food ingredients, and then 20% was like meat or fish. It was just because food was scarce. Mm-hmm. back in the day and any animals that were reared were really just you know to be traded and worked on the land like oxen or cows you know oh, yeah. milk etc they weren't really killed to eat so um so yeah they were you know prized animals um and obviously now it's slightly different because in china you know uh, just all across southeast asia the standard of living has gone up and everyone just eats far more, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, a richer diet, a lot more meat. Oh, and they're drinking a lot, apparently. Drinking, uh, yeah, drinking. Booze, I mean, spirits and wine, the biggest market going is China. (laughs) I find that hard to believe. It is. It's a really big market. And unfortunately, you know, we've got diabetes and heart disease and, I mean, all these, and heart attacks and stomach cancer, they all rate really high now, you know, across mm-hmm. China. And, you know, obesity as well. So it's, uh, it's become more like the West now. See, and, I can't but picture a fat Chinese. I don't know why. There is. There are. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, you know, it's quite worrying because traditionally our cuisine was always um, healthy you know, um, always based on health and sharing dishes and very simple sort of cooking and nutritious and all about balancing yin and yang qualities of ingredients and cooking methods. So it was always mindful eating. It always has. And I think now, just with modern life, you know, things just come out of a packet, like, you know, all over the world. And it's quite sad, really. Yeah, it's all but, but your book, your hard. recipes, actually, mm-hmm. you you go in the opposite direction, and you were really concerned with nutrition and balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I always have. I've always been conscious of it, and you know, I'll tell you, you know, what's happened is that actually, my husband went vegan, um, plant completely plant based a few years ago, and you know what? It cured his asthma. And so, oh, is that I mean, why he did that? Well, you know, he just did it. He just did it because he wanted to try something new, and um, and actually, the byproduct of that is that he's cured his childhood asthma, which he's had since he was a baby. Oh and my! Like, oh, I just can't, you know, get to grips with it. To be honest, I mean, we know about the power of plants, but I didn't realize that it went to that level. And uh, and then since talking to other friends, I mean, I've got a friend who's got type 1 diabetes, but all her blood work is completely reversed since she's gone uh, plant-based. So, you know, we're all different. Our, our makeup is all different, and um, it's quite strange. So, um, so, yeah, so I do tell people now, if you've got type 1 diabetes or if you've got asthma, you know, try to go completely plant-based and it might kill you but but don't don't make your full english breakfast in a walk (laughs) (laughs) oh well i still love a 
full English breakfast. And oh, I, no. I mean, I do, but I try and eat very healthy, eat consciously. So, you know, yeah. I'll have my naughty food, but a few times a week. And then I'll, you know, most of the time I'll just eat, you know, home cooked, good, home walked, I should say, <laughs> delicious meals. Well, now back to your book. I mean, it, that a very important section is at the beginning, you have a section on walking techniques. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you have really the sole section that shows the versatility of a walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing that one piece of equipment can do all these different functions way long before we had the, um, What's the instant pot? <laughs> does it does it does it help with your eyesight too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those pages are kind of those, those pages are kind of faint. Good <laughs> you definitely need good eyesight to to walk up. Yeah. Because, uh, a, a few seconds out, and you might burn something. <laughs> well, you, you, you need <laughs> you need you need good eyesight to read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, but then you have Cook's Notes, and now what what is in your Cook's Notes? Mm. You know what? So let me have a look because I can't even remember. <laughs> what oh, I well, you have little <laughs> notes on things like um, uh, soybean paste and um, oh yeah, water is your best friend and, and noodles and. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's all this, these little bits of wisdom that you're imparting, which are going to help people become better uh, Asian uh, and walk cooks, cookers. Yes, thank you. No, it's true. I mean, for example, you know, if you're cooking vegetables, uh, just plain simple greens. So if you heat the wok up and you add a little oil, then you just add a little bit of salt to the oil let it dissolve for a few seconds and then you add the green vegetables because I was always taught that actually, um, it, first of all, the oil dissolves the salt and then um, you're not going to get, you know, big pieces of rock salt or whatever, you know, when you eat into your vegetables. Mm-hmm. And, not, and then also, apparently, it retains the color of the vegetables um, as you cook. Now, that um, matters. I hate gray vegetables. I hate them. I know. So, um, so that that was a, a great. I only learned that a few years ago from a great chef in Hong Kong. And then things like, you know, meat. Um, you know, add a little bit of corn flour. Add some salt, pepper, and then a dusting of corn flour to your meats before you stir fry them, because it just keeps the juices in, you know, of of the meat. Because sometimes when you're searing on high heat, you can lose a lot of liquid from the meat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can taste a little dry. And so it's really good to sort of dust a bit of corn flour. And it just keeps it nice and juicy, you know, and bouncy. And um, so I find that always helps. Yeah. And then um, another and thing is water. water. Water is your best friend. Yes, because sometimes if... When you put the wok on high heat and you add the oil and then say you stir fry some garlic, ginger, chilies, um, and then you add, let's say, a bit of vegetables, then you can add a small drop of water around the edge just to help create some steam. And then what you're doing is you're then steam stir frying. So it's really wonderful. Um, it really cooks quickly and it's healthy. And you only need a little bit of oil. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you can you can walk away. So, <laughs> walk away. <laughs> walk on. <laughs> yeah, you can walk on. <laughs> Tell us, explain these graphics you have, the, the little orange um, paddle and the, the magenta uh, pot and then the little circles with different colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are so, they? Um, so they, so there's like an orange, like it's a, it's like a key basically. So the orange graphic. Um, did you guess yet? It, it's a, it's supposed to be a chopping board. Oh, and okay. The, and then the the pink um, little circle that's supposed to be the walk. Oh, the walk. <laughs> so it's supposed, yeah. So it's trying to tell you how long prep time is. So uh-huh. the chopping board is the prep time. Okay. And then, and then the round. It's the cooking time. It's the walk, it's the cooking time. Um, and then there's the key, like if dishes are gluten free or dairy free or, um, you know, yeah, you uh, vegan, about that now. for example. Yeah, or veggie. Yeah. I'm looking at this, which is um, a Thai green sweet potato curry as an example of how you reach beyond um, the your cultural boundaries and, and bring in other influences. Yes, I try my best because, um, you know, the whole of Southeast Asian cooking resonates with me so much. I mean, I love that whole part of the world. And uh, the disciplines are a little bit similar in that, you know, the Chinese diaspora uh, traveled to those parts of, you know, Southeast Asia. So, you know, Taiwan... Obviously, Hong Kong, Macau, uh, Thailand, Malaysia. So I've got dishes that are a little bit kind of Chinese-esque, yes. if you like, and um, and in terms of the cooking method and you know some of the flavors. So yeah, so I've got, I've got dishes um, like my macanese cod balls, which are delicious. Yes, um, macanese minchi. Um, I've got the Thai curry, and then I've got like a Thai-inspired chicken broth, which is really delicious, like a coconut broth. Kind of like my version of a Tom Yum soup. Then there are cases also where you let it all loose. Um, I keep coming back to this recipe for Kira Kuya Fireballs. Tell us about that one. Oh, Kira Kuya Fireballs. Oh, this is... This is a great one. I mean, when I used to uh, shoot a lot in, in America for uh, Restaurant Redemption, which is a show on the Food Network, right. um, I'd, I'd have to go make over these restaurants and give them a new lease of life. So there was this restaurant in Midtown um, in, in Manhattan. It was called Kirakuya, and um, it was great. So they needed some help, and I, I made this dish for them as a starter. Um, and it, it, it's so delicious. It's basically like salmon um, encased in some sushi rice and then uh, into balls and then fried and then served with like hot sauce. It's so good. It's so delicious. It's basically like a Japanese style, if you like, um, kind of like an arancini, you know. Mm-hmm. Japanese were to, were to do arancini, what would they do? So, so yeah, so that, that's a, a fusion dish. But, um, but I never got to share some of these recipes um, that I was, you know, when I was on my journey. So I've put them in here. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of, yeah, so there's a lot of them 
you know, from my travels, uh, just that I haven't had a chance to include in my other books yet. So, um, so yeah. Well, here's so another one. Them. Here's one. That, <laughs> tell me where this comes from. Hosin duck and strawberry wok fried crispy wonton tacos. <laughs> oh, that's that a global is a recipe. Oh my god, that's a dream. So you make a delicious marinade for duck legs, and then you put that in the oven and you roast it, and then you shred it up, and then um, you get some wonton skins and you just uh, deep fry them. You cut them into actually, if the wonton skins are in squares, you cut them into triangles, like halfway across, and then you deep fry them, and they become like this delicious kind of vehicle, like a taco. Oh. And, then you, and then you put the shredded hoisin duck on top, and you serve it with some sliced strawberries. And I like the strawberries because it really gives it a nice, sweet dimension. And it's so good. It's such a great, delicious appetizer. So, um, so yeah, I love that recipe. And then in the summer, you know, if you wanted to do something fun with it, you could make it into a salad. You could serve it on watercress, like a bed oh, of nice. watercress. And then you could shred the duck and then obviously slice lots of strawberries around it and then, and then crunch up the fried wonton skins, almost like little crispy croutons. Know, and then you just um, dress the salad with them um, and serve it with the hoisin sauce. It's so good. Well, you sound like you really are enjoying your food. <laughs> you make us think it's pretty good here. Um, I, I have one last question. I mean, I know that you're universally inspired and you're adventurous in your recipes. Uh, you've lived in England a long time now. Uh, what would be the major English or British influence on your style of cooking? On my style of cooking? Oh, the biggest influence. Oh, I have to say, um, you know, I love a crumble. I'm really bad at desserts. I mean, I'm just, I'm more a savory chef than I am a sweet, you know, baker-type chef. And I have to say, I, I just adore crumbles. Apple crumble, apple blackberry crumble, uh-huh. any rhubarb crumble, crumble. Hair crumble, basically any crumble, and I'm there. <laughs> and um, and you know, I used I used lychees in my apple and blackberry crumble. Well, that's um, good. Give a little of Asian twist. Oh, so good. That's it good. so so good. That's our yeah. son loves crumbles. It's his favorite thing of anyone. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, anyhow, you've, you've done a, a major study here of, of the versatility of the wok and also of how to, to have all these flavors healthily and, or healthfully. And so, um, I'm, I wish you a lot of luck with this, Chad. I'm sure so we'll, much. I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Yes, and come over. Come over to London, or Surrey, rather. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to be in the north of England in a little bit visiting Peter's sister. Yeah, we'll be we'll we'll be in we're flying into Heathrow just before Christmas. Oh, and oh then we'll fantastic. be back for Christmas too. Oh, fantastic! If you ever have, have the chance to come to Surrey, let me know. It'd be a pleasure to have you. Will you cook? <laughs> yeah, I'll walk for do we, you. Do we have our email address? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right. Peter wants to make sure. So he wants to make sure that we have your email address. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let me know. You you Let don't know, know okay. but you know we're liable to show up because we do that. <laughs> One of our nephews lives near Oxford. Okay. Oh, yeah, Oxford is, um, is a little north from where we are, but not, right. it's not too far. I mean, I mean, everywhere. You can get away, you know, by going on the rail across the UK. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, not a problem. All right. The walk will be hot. She'll be waiting for you. Okay. <laughs> dear, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you, Ching. Yeah, so thank good you. talking to you again. Thank yeah. you. You too. You too. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. If you think our previous guest was dynamite, wait till, wait till you grab the next one. <laughs> Jordan Zucker, who is um, uh, an entertainer on top of her other many abilities, um, and uh, and her family, they're, they're also high profile. They're larger than your life, I can tell you. <laughs> and, and, and the answer to your question is no. No, we have no idea whether she was driving or not. The book is One Dish, Four Seasons, and uh, it's an interesting concept that she will now, Jordan will now explain to you. Jordan Zucker, you've got this fancy cookbook out called One Dish, Four Seasons, uh, Food, Wine, and Sound All Year Round. Uh, Now, you have so much going on. Um, Can you tell our listeners... Like, what is it you primarily do? Hi, everybody. I'm uh, in the middle of my book tour to support the launch of the cookbook. Good. Um, but you are an entertainer, right? Yes. And, yes. Yeah, and, and you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is a family affair, this book. I mean, you, yes, it was a family collaboration. My mom cooks, and my dad was a sommelier, and I write, and we all kind of contributed a little bit of ourselves to come up with it. Yeah, I mean, the book's organized so that um, even an idiot could put find all the pieces. You've got graphics, you've got charts, you've got uh, symbols, um, you've got lanyaps. Can you explain what your lanyaps are? So instead of, it's a more thoughtful way of saying pro tip or chef tip because uh-huh. um, it's an ode to New Orleans, which is one of my favorite cities. Me too. And a lanyard is a Cajun term for like a little something extra, a little bonus, a little gift. Yes. And so throughout the book, I have little gifts of pearls of wisdom and tips to enrich your cooking experience. Right. Um, so the overall concept is most people write books where they um, are seasonal, but they organize the cookbooks about, from the season, and you That's do something right. My different. My mom was complaining that 
you know, all these books. You have winter, and these are your recipes that you make in winter. And you have spring, these are your recipes you make in spring. But she wanted to work backwards. She's like, what if I want a soup? What if I want a pasta? I want to know what how to make that one in, in each season. So we start with what you're in the mood for, and then you adapt it to each season based on what's available at the market. Great. No. And then on top of that, you pair each one with a wine and a music to round out the recipe trifecta of entertaining. Yeah. I mean, entertaining is a big thing. Throughout your book, you have these wonderful um, and sometimes quite brave, I would say, photographs of you having a good time. I mean, I wouldn't be photographed in a lifetime uh, putting something in my mouth with my mouth open close up. Oh, yeah, I know. They got, they got some action shots in there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on um, croutons, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They're too does dry, she, right? Yeah. Like, there's like, no does point. Does it's she like way. croutons? No. She, she does no. Like, no. It, it's, it's a waste of, uh, of carbs. With the calories. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but, totally. but, you, but you like cilantro even less. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the worst. But, but <laughs> I have that gene that makes yeah. me dislike it. It's true. I never understood 20% it. 20% of the population. Um, what percent? I think it's twenty percent of the population. Yeah, that's good. There's another one that's like that too. Some a taste goes bad in your mouth. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, oh, beets. There's something about beets that some people can't stand. Not, yeah, not everybody likes beets. I know. My dad hates beets. Yeah. So, so um, tell me this: um, How about picking a dish and sort of using it as an example? With the wine, the music, the lanyap, the seasonal adaptations. And by the way, you, you do have these graphics, so um, you could see what the, the season is as you're going through your recipes. You have a yes, little everything's color-coded. Winter yeah. is blue, spring is green, summer is pink, and fall is orange. And then also the wines are color-coded because I list them by grapes. But then the font, you know, the text of the grape name will be in the color of the wine. So, you know, you know, if you see a Pinot Noir, you probably know it's red. But, you know, if you see a, a Negrette, you don't possibly know it's red until you see that Negrette is in red. I, I, I thought I thought your dad's wine collection was just superb. He has a good wine collection. He was more knowledgeable on the old world stuff, and I know more of the new world stuff. There you so go. we had a good melding of it, so we could have you know a wide range for everybody. Oh, you! I mean, you have a magnificent, magnificent coverage of the whole world. I, I don't, I don't know how you managed to acquire all that knowledge. Thanks. Did you see the maps that I put out so everybody sees where their wine came from? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I had one thing that was tricky. I, I guess I don't see what very. Was tricky. I don't see very well, and sometimes the red numbers. Show oh, you the, on the ocean, the red on the ocean was hard to read, yeah. You got it, Exa- exactly. You, you found it hard to read, too. with that font. Yeah, it was the color combination that was awkward. Yeah. Well, I still want um, my little exercise no, no, hold, hold on a second. The, the, the thing, another thing that I liked was your OPPs. The OPP, they're all naughty by nature, other prominent producer. Right, so, so she, had, she had one that was recommended. But then an OPP, in case you didn't like the one you recommended. Oh, okay. Or if you can't find it, or if you want it in a different price range. There are other producers of the similar... 
style and region and grapes. What what is what are a couple of your favorites? My my favorite dish that I make every week is the fish. I go to the farmers market every Sunday and get a fish, and then put it on a bed of greens and add um, <clears throat> a veggie. A what? And a rub. A veggie. A veggie. No, what is she about? Yeah. Every a fish. Fish. A whole fish. A fish. And I think one of my favorite wines is, is with the fish. It's the Morgon Gamay. Oh yeah. Jean Fillard. Yeah. Which which is red. So you broke the rule. You broke the rule, That's right? Good. I always yeah. break the rule. Well, we're, we're we're having speckled trout tonight, and the wine will be Pinot Noir. You can have a red. <laughs> yeah, we always you can, have, you can definitely have a red with fish. Yeah, I'm definitely a red wine person. Um, the, my little exercise here. I'm looking at steak. <laughs> okay. So tell the winter. The winter is a mushroom. Right. The spring is artichoke. Right. Right. What's the summer? Poblano, I think, and the and the fall is Poblano, red wine And then yeah. the fall is the red wine shallot. And one of the wines you have the book, Lily. I know. I'm. I'm. I don't have that. Right so for the fish, the only thing we varied was the dipping sauce. With the what? The dipping sauce. The dipping, oh, the dipping sauce. sauce. Right. Okay. And and the wines. And what about the music? And the music. The music I first paired by season and then placement in the meal, like a breakfast song or a dessert song or a main dish song. Right. Um, you, you, you're big on this, on entertaining. How do you do? Oh, yes. I, I love this. I just turned the page and saw this adorable dog. <laughs> That's my French bulldog. That's my baby girl, my furry girl. Oh, she's wonderful. And you got Morel She is the best. Her name's Hula. Yeah. And she's she, eight. I was worried. You give her wine, you said? She just takes a little sip. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, she would drink the whole glass if I let her, but we don't do that. She really likes it that much. She likes wine and beer. She doesn't like booze. <laughs> she's she's French, right? She's, she's French. French. I brought her to I brought her to Paris this summer when I went for the World Cup. Uh huh. And what? she spoke French with all the locals behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I believe you too. So, anyhow, what what are some of your other? Did you come up with any kind of surprising? Startling um, arrangements with the ingredients and the seasons. I'm looking at no, chicken with cherries and almonds. I tried to add layers to the pairing, like a rosé wine with the Pink Floyd, and I think James Brown is paired with the Prisoner wine because <laughs> he did time, right? That's or um, there's a Molly Duker wine from Australia called the Boxer, oh, and sure, Molly Duker yes. is. The left-handed, the Aussie word for left-handed, and Paul Simon is a lefty. I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So I added layers to them, like no. fun cerebral layers or wordplay, like the hearts of Tom. Right. Oh, sorry, I'm getting off my exit. I need to make sure I'm going the right okay. way. Okay, no, got don't, it. Don't, don't um, the hearts of Tom is a string guacamole that I paired with Robert Palmer. 
the hearts of Palmer. Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. That's clever. That's very cute. Now, do do, do you know a winemaker? No. You know a winemaker from Walla Walla called Charles Smith. I don't know if I know him. Okay. The interesting thing is that before before he became a winemaker, he used to be a rock producer. Rock, oh, rock I like that. Producer. Well, you know, Les Claypool, I mentioned Les Claypool's winery uh-huh. in the uh, Sonoma Pinot section. And there's a, who, who is it who has a, there's a, there's a group? Les Claypool is a bass player from Primus. Yeah, no, there's, there's some brothers who have the a, who have a, no, no, a band, they have a winery in Virginia. Char, is it Charlie Daniels? It's not, it's not Charlie Daniels. But oh, it's, it's somebody, no, I'll have to try it. It's some, it's somebody like that. If you, if you Google rock group winemaker in Virginia, I'm sure you'll find it. Okay. What about B.R. Cohen? As soon as I stop driving. Huh? There you go. Yeah. And, 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 and want to rem, to remind me about, uh, Bruce Cohn. Who, who used who who made made enough money to start making wine by being the manager for the Doobie Brothers? Oh, and they, and they I like a, it. I like the cross genre. And, and, they, and they have a huge Music rock, rock rock concert, essentially yeah. all day rock concert at their at their winery in Santa Rosa, California, every October. Well, I want to go. Oh, oh it's wonderful! It's wonderful. Yeah, well, look. When is it? It's, October. It's usually in October. But if you go to if you, now. Go, if you go to the BR Cohen website, all the details will be there. The what website? BRB period R period Cohen C O H N. Oh, Doctor Cohen. Uh-huh. And and, and you'll, okay. you'll you'll find all the information about it there. I, I think they have. I think I saw an announcement. They're actually having more than one. Uh, it was very popular. It sells out. It's just, it was, it was like bodies everywhere. I mean, it's like it <laughs> was like the wine, the winery across the street, called, which is called Landmark. Um, we we discovered. Oh, Landmark's good. I like that Landmark. Yeah. You, you you know you know how they managed to run it. How the last the last name of the husband is Deer. Oh, D-E-E-R-E, like, the like the green tractors. So they have a lot of money. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Okay, now, uh, back to this book. Now, uh, you are in love with quinoa? I like quinoa. Do you like quinoa? Yeah, I love it. I usually have it for breakfast, actually. I, I, I think it's versatile. Oh, breakfast, see? With like a, do you do an egg, like a poached egg on top? Well, we, Peter fixes me uh, lentils with quinoa, and then I do a, yes. a, a, a soft-boiled egg on top. I love that idea. And here we now, are. Do you, swoop, do you swoop the quinoa? I, I don't know. He cooks it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. You have to swoop the quinoa. That's the, the baseline. For anything. Tell, explain what your swoops is. Oh, oh, I see. Season yeah. with olive oil, pepper, and salt. Yeah. And you really, it's a game changer, and you, you have to swoop to everything, and it's just the tiniest effort, and it, it makes all the difference. Yeah, I thought everybody did that. <laughs> I don't know why would well, you not well, do I that. Well, I would hope that they do. You have to. Well, I, I I add the olive oil after after the ever after everything's cooked. Okay. So I start so, so I start with the lentils because they take longer. Then yeah. add, then add the quinoa, which only takes about five minutes. And the, and then when it comes out, really, the, my quinoa takes fifteen minutes. Oh well, maybe try it shorter. Okay. Maybe maybe you'll like it. 
Maybe, maybe, okay. you, maybe you'll hate it. <laughs> you do a little, yours has a little crunch to it, I guess. Yeah, five minutes is enough. And, and, okay. then, and then I add the olive oil and mix it all up. And, and I, I don't eat it, Ann eats it. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not manly food as far as I'm Olive concerned. oil, salt, and pepper. Your swoop's in away. There you go. Yes, Hang on, let me make sure I'm... You, know, you also do hold, cocktails. Hold on, she's, okay, making a t- she's making a turn. Yes, the cocktails are the last round. I do a winter, spring, summer, fall tequila drink. Right. And we're going to feature the cocktails at my launch party. Oh, are you? Okay, you, the one yeah. you're going to. Yeah. I see. And now with your desserts, um, they're basically, um, I, I think they're sentimental desserts. Would you agree? Sorry, say that again. You cut out. I think that your desserts are essentially sentimental desserts. Like, right. I'm not a big dessert person, but, you know, sometimes you need something sweet at the end. Yeah. See, I'm not a big dessert person either. But you do include... So is it a cookie and a crumble? It, you do crumble and you do um, peanut butter and fig jelly crisp. That sounds oh, that crazy. One, so that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's one that I noticed. So, anyhow, so what do you want people to take away from this cookbook? To take away from this cookbook? Uh, okay, good. I want people to take away, um, like, a sense of empowerment from it so that they can start with a base recipe and make it into whatever they want, depending on what mood they're in, what season it is, um, what time it is, and kind of. Use it as a canvas, and uh, gives. I hope it gives them legs to yes. entertain. Love, uh, friendship, family. Um, yeah, yeah. Entertainment, <laughs> laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you a did fully that. Fully immersive experience. Right. I think you did that just well, Jordan Zucker. Thank you. Again, uh, listeners, um, a twist on your usual cookbook. This one's called One Dish, Four Seasons, Food, Wine, and Sound All Year Round. Well, good luck with your uh, launch that you're headed towards, Jordan, and uh, good luck with your book. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Jordan. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, now it's time to catch your breath, right? Yes, right. And catch your breath before next week's program, and we hope you'll join us, same time, same place, and until then... Bye-bye.